0: good morning and hopefully you had a good Thanksgiving and uh, you're like me get to go back to work tomorrow. <laughs> Woo-hoo! Uh, thankfully I get to do something I thoroughly enjoy so that helps. But uh, And then you had an opportunity to reflect on what you were thankful for, and uh, really the blessings that God has has given you. Uh, really, continuing that thought, you know, this time of year, it's it's a time when you really do reflect on on all of those things of uh, family, church. Jesus. We begin this Advent season today, uh, Advent Sunday. I've never called it that before, but uh, as I was reading up on some articles, it said, this is Advent Sunday. And I went, that's like we should have banners made or something. Uh, If you're not familiar with Advent, uh, it's the four Sundays before Christmas. And uh, Advent, it's Latin, and you're all well-versed in your Latin, I'm sure. It means uh, to arrive. But what is it that is arriving? Jesus said, recorded in Matthew chapter 11, he said, come to me all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, And learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart. Then you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And and so we need to find rest in Jesus. And we can't come to Jesus without the hope of Easter. We can't get to Easter morning and the empty tomb without Friday and the cross and the humiliation and Thursday in the garden. We can't get to our resurrected Savior without the manger and the humble birth, without approaching the one that deserves the recognition, the celebration, and the worship. The hope that we have in Jesus was proclaimed before that day in Bethlehem. You see, that's kind of how the story starts. It starts with the prophets and the angels. But he was pierced for our transgressions, crushed because of our iniquities, punished for our peace that was on him. And we are healed by his wounds. We all went astray like sheep. We have all turned to our own ways. And the Lord has punished him for the iniquity of us all. Uh, It was our sin, depending on the translation that you're reading, iniquity. It's really just a fancy way of saying sin. Oops. Excuse me. That was exciting. We all went astray like sheep. We've all turned our own way and the Lord has punished him for our sin. Sounds desperate, doesn't it? This is a terminal case. That's why scripture says the wages of sin is death. Sin is real. The consequences of that sin is real. You might have noticed that I am titled today the message of hope. Okay, where's the hope? It doesn't sound very hopeful yet. You see, it's coming. That's what's coming. That's what the advent is. This is how it works. First of all, the cross was not a last ditch effort out of desperation, but it was God's original plan for God's glory. You see, it wasn't, well, I'm kind of out of ideas with these people. Let's try something else. How about Jesus? This was the plan all along. Okay, let me show you what I mean. It, it starts off uh, really with just an understanding. Hebrews 1 says, long ago at many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But these last days, He spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed the heir of all things through whom also he created the world. God spoke to them through prophets and they didn't have the benefit of what you and I have, scripture. He says, now we get the son. That's how it works. The prophets told us that the savior would be born. It starts off way back in Genesis 3. God himself said, I will put enmity, between you and the woman and between your offspring and her her offspring, and he shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. That's the the proto-gospel. We first get a glimpse that God had a plan not 2,000 years ago, but at the very point of, of sin, when sin entered creation, God says, I've got a plan already, and this is it that's the hope that was coming. There was a promise to Abraham. Again, Genesis 22, I will surely bless you and I will surely multiply your offspring as the stars of heaven and the sand that is on the seashore. Then your offspring shall possess the gate of his enemies. That's one of those phrases that means they'll get it into the end zone of the other team, right? That's different analogy and your offspring shall all the nations of the earth be blessed through your offspring Abraham the nations will be blessed he says because you have obeyed my voice God was speaking even then and as recorded in Genesis that he had a plan that's the hope that would come And then more from Isaiah 9, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders. Then his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and of peace there will be no end. And on the throne of David and over his kingdom, to establish it and uphold it with justice and with righteousness... From this time forth and forevermore, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. And how many uh, churches today are, are quoting that same verse to say, look, we've got a clear picture of God's plan. What is coming? Hope. What's the hope? It's, it's the hope that a savior would be born. It's it's not just, well, things aren't gonna be as bad as they are, something better's coming. It's, no, something incredible is gonna happen. That that God would bring his son as a sacrifice for us. And you and I have a part to play in this. In fact, it was, it was, the time God always chose people like us. I think we we really do misunderstand when we read through Scripture and we go, "Man, that was Peter, that was Paul." Okay, Timothy maybe more like me, but but no, these people were very much like us, and you could tell because there's plenty of times when you read through the accounts of what happened, they really blew it, kind of like we do at times. Thankfully, not all the time, but, but there were times they really just blew it. Yet God chooses to work in amazing ways through regular people. I debated the word regular people and ordinary people. Common, every day. We always think his name is King David, isn't it? No, he was Shepherd David. And God said, that's the one I want to be king. Regular guy. Abraham, David, Joseph, and Mary. Regular people. Luke chapter 1, the angel went to basically let people know there was an announcement made. Chapter 1, verse 26 of Luke. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city in Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph, and the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. He came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. She was greatly troubled at this saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. That's not normally a title that she's been given. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High, and the, the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom, there will be no end. The angels proclaimed the birth of the Messiah, the prophesied Messiah. And did you notice this might very well have been the very first gender, gender reveal party? I don't know if that was a thing then. Mary was surprised. And as my nine-year-old recently asked, what does it mean when it says she's a virgin and she's confused by this? And as I told her, because she was a young woman and it means she wasn't married yet. and So she couldn't have had a child at that point. Yet the incredible, uh, miraculous work that God did in her was that she would bear a child. And it would be Jesus. Not as a uh, last-ditch effort, but as part of God's plan throughout all of history. Titus three, starting in verse four, but when the goodness and loving kindness of God, our savior appeared, he saved us not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to his own mercy by the washing of regeneration and renewal of the holy spirit whom he poured out on us richly through jesus christ our savior so that being justified by his grace we might become heirs according to the hope of eternal life all right so so here it is it wasn't because mary did something to earn that recognition it wasn't because joseph did everything right it wasn't because of anyone else when you read through the account wow they just they just they did everything right it was according to his own mercy paul writes not by works the message of hope is that it's not based on my goodness it's based on his it's based on god's righteousness that because of of his love, his mercy, we might be saved. The message of hope is how much God loves us, each and every one of us. He didn't spare his own son. He gave that very first Christmas gift. The practice of giving and receiving presents at Christmas uh, really does seem to have overshadowed the point of what Christmas is about uh, i don 't know about you i didn 't spend a lot of time shopping this year. I did click some buttons to order some things that 's about all I did uh, but it becomes a preoccupation and and, and don 't get distracted from what really matters, but it actually it is important to give gifts. And I was thinking, why, why do we give gifts at Christmas, but in recognition of the greatest gift we've been given? I was trying to figure it out. If you go to a birthday party, it's, it's not necessarily everyone who attends that gets a gift, they give a gift, but, but you don't leave the party without something right? It's a celebration for everybody. And and certainly there's at least party favors. There there is a reason that you're there to celebrate. And, And that's the purpose of what we're doing at Christmas is to recognize that great gift and sharing those gifts as well. Because God loved us, in fact, as John 3.16 says, God so loved the world, he gave his only son that whoever believes in him would not perish but have eternal life. Jesus, God loved the world. We have then every responsibility to recognize the gift we've been given In Christ. The one who is is worthy of worship and honor and praise, he was the one that was sacrificed for us. He who humbled himself for us. Paul explained it really well in his letter to the church in Philippi. He says, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name so that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the Lord, the glory of God, the Father. There's this this picture of humility, right? That that this is is God who is worthy of honor and glory and praise, yet he humbled himself to become obedient. That he became obedient to the point of death, but even if you go back to the beginning of his life, those, those humble circumstances in which Jesus was born. And I was in college before I ever attended church. My freshman year, that Christmas, we were invited uh, to go to my my stepmother's (laughs) church for a Christmas event. I didn't want to go, but we went because the whole family was going. And I just remember the whole time they kept singing songs, and I didn't get it. I remember driving home back to Riverside with my sister, and I said, I don't know. They kept singing songs to this guy named Manuel, and it didn't make sense to me. It was only years later that I understood it's not Manuel, it's Emmanuel, is God with us that would they should have explained that so so if you hear emmanuel it's god with us that's the god that we celebrate not just the jesus on the cross but the baby in the manger we celebrate him because God sent his son to die as a sacrifice for our sins so that we could be saved. And, and, and as much as we want to talk about the fun parts of Christmas, right? We want to tell the story. There was no room in the inn. Oh, but they found a place. It was a manger. Well, it wasn't the cleanest, but they found a place. Then the wise men came, yeah, but they had to run for their lives. But the wise men came and brought presents, right? We won't talk about the fun stuff. But let's not miss the point that this is God who deserved all honor and glory and praise. And instead, there was no room in the inn. And it was cold and unpleasant because God so loved the world. That if we would believe in him, we would not perish, but have eternal life. That next, uh, uh, not the next verse, but John John chapter 1, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory, the glory of the only son from the father, full of grace and truth. That's the verse I go to at Christmas time. Not just the baby in the manger, but the word that became flesh, dwelling among us. And John writes that we we saw his glory. The glory of the only son of the father. That's what we celebrate. The first advent was when Jesus was born. It's the birthday of our Savior, but it's not the only Advent. You see, we often talk about uh, Advent and the Advent season. It's how we're preparing for that date on our calendar, but that's not it either, right? It's not just Advent as we get closer to December 25th so we can have a birthday party for Jesus, which we ought to it's not just that though in fact what's going on we don't want to miss because the advent that we really need to get across is that there's a second advent and it's that scripture makes very clear that the lord will return we don't want to miss that. We don't want to miss our responsibility to make it known. And so as we talk about Advent and Christmas and this time of year and, and, and we have a good time and we, we, we give gifts, let's not miss the point that the Advent that we're waiting for isn't just the date on the calendar. It's the return of the Lord in glory. When you read through scripture, it it's, uh, shows up in several places that the, the specific mechanism looks different depending on which uh, book you're reading, which reference you cite, but that there will be a day of judgment. There will be a day where every Person will stand before the Lord in judgment. You see, it's that day that he just mentioned where in Philippians where every knee will bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Every one, whether they did in this life or not, there will be a time where you have to decide. Scripture says, on that day, as we stand before the Lord, he will separate those, he says, the sheep from the goats. And he will say to those on his left, depart from me, for I never knew you. And see, there's going to be a discussion then. Well, well, wait a minute. Didn't we do certain things for you? Didn't we do nice things? Weren't we good? Weren't we kind? And... and And the answer is, that's not the point, because you can't be good enough. And then he says to those on the right, well done, good and faithful servant. You see, that's the second advent. That's that time of judgment that we wait for. What will happen on that day? Well, I bring that up now for two reasons. One is, because you can't talk about the first advent without talking about the second. You can't talk about the birth and Christmas without realizing the importance of the return of Jesus in the second advent. And then what a great opportunity we have that people are willing to listen. When you have an opportunity over the next few weeks, don't miss it. You have an opportunity to tell someone, this is what I believe, this is is what I'm doing. Hey, what are you doing for Christmas? Right? Take the opportunity to say, I'm so grateful for what God did for me with the birth, birth of Jesus. I'm so grateful that because I believe I can be saved. We don't want to miss the opportunity when people might be willing to listen even more than at other times. Uh, one of the things that uh, that I've tried to do is that uh, we use every opportunity to turn a conversation toward Jesus. And there's some times that are really key right? When, when exciting things are going on or maybe stressful things, these are really good opportunities to talk about Jesus, right? Those are the times when you offer to pray, times when you offer to celebrate with someone. and another time is, is uh, on holidays when people are thinking about loved ones. What a great time to take the opportunity to talk about Jesus because they tend to be more willing to listen. Uh, I have a couple of, of last or sorry, not last steps, <laughs> some next steps, better than last steps. Some next steps today. First of all, that I would reflect on the amazing gift of grace in Jesus. I'll give thanks to the Lord for what he has done in my life. What, what a, a great way to uh, go from Thanksgiving into Christmas By giving thanks, it doesn't happen by accident. I I don't know if you've noticed that or not, but uh, unless you consciously try to reflect on the things you're thankful for, it's really easy to miss the things that you're thankful for. So I would encourage you to take some time, reflect on it, set time aside. If you're like me, it works best to actually put it on the calendar, right? Block it out. Time of prayer, time of reflection, time of scripture reading. And then uh, the second one there, my next step today is to take the opportunities I have the next couple of weeks to share the hope that Christmas means. Will you take... The opportunities that God brings into your life to talk about Jesus. If if you're not sure how to do that, uh, I would direct your attention to really just some resources. Uh, my favorite is uh, a book called uh, "Turning Everyday Conversations into Gospel Conversations," and uh, it's actually it uses a, a method called the Three Circles. talk about that if uh, you're interested talk to me I'll point you to a couple of websites Uh, I have some videos on my website you could look at they're they're me unfortunately Uh, talking about these things and and how to do this how to share your faith Uh, let me know if you're interested I'll direct your attention and what it is is basically this is how you share your faith Right, we want to make sure we take the opportunity that God gives, and and I realize I'm I'm always uh, I'm always surprised when when people just naturally are gifted and uh, evangelistic, right? And some people are really good at it. I'll be honest, I'm not. I got to work at it, but it's worth it, right? It it is it is worth it when you have the opportunity to talk about Jesus and you see someone respond. So I would encourage you to do that. Uh, And then you'll notice there's a a blank there. Uh, That's for you to fill in. What are you gonna do over the next few weeks? Right, how are you going to prepare? Prepare for the Advent, prepare for uh, the next uh, opportunity to share Christ, what are you going to do about it? Maybe it's one of those that as you reflect, you realize that uh, you have some strained relationships you need to make right. That'd be a great place to go. Uh, before uh, before Christmas comes up to make some of those relationships, maybe they're family members or, or co-workers, uh, perhaps just, you know what? I've, I've really missed the opportunity to celebrate Jesus and to talk about Him, and so you commit to that, uh, whatever that is, and so I'll encourage you to do that. And then I look forward to the next couple of weeks, uh, talking about Advent, talking about Jesus, how we're going to celebrate Him. Let's let's pray, Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for Your Son. I thank you for the wonderful gift of Jesus Christ. Well, Father, as we reflect on what it means to trust you, as we reflect on how you've always worked through human history, and you've always worked, and that this isn't just a uh, a final Well, let's try something. This was always your plan. Jesus, the manger, the cross. It was always your plan. How incredible is that? That you weren't surprised by any of it. And Father, I'm encouraged knowing that you weren't surprised that you've been working throughout all of history, not just... For Jesus and the cross, not just for the apostles, but Father, for all of us, and if I could could say it, for each one of us, and that's why Jesus went to the cross, for each one. Father, my prayer for each one here as we reflect and prepare for the next few weeks, keep us focused on you. Father, we thank you. What a blessing it is that we can be thankful and celebrate. We're grateful for Jesus. His name we pray, amen.